This show is a member of the Planetside Podcast Network. To learn more, go to planetsidepodcasts.com. Welcome to I Shouldn't Have to Say This, the podcast where we discuss topics we believe requires critical and nuanced thinking. If you want to get in touch with us, you can email us at saythiscast at gmail.com or follow us on Twitter at saythiscast and go to saythiscast.com if you want to hear previous episodes. Hey, party podcast people. Um, welcome. I am your co-host, Nicole, and I'm joined here today with um, Genre. Whoop, whoop. And it's been a while since we've actually recorded an episode, which you wouldn't know, but we do. <laughs> we've been on vacation. Mm-hmm. And somewhat shockingly, uh, that vacation did not restore me nor my ability to talk much about politics. Um, I have not been tweeting at all. You know, uh, I've noticed that. Yeah. Yeah. I've kind of like completely disconnected <laughs> on a lot of different like issues or just like you know it seems like twitter is such a toxic this is completely off topic but twitter is such a toxic fucking app anytime you interact with something negative or with a piece of shit you are giving them more exposure than they would have had if you didn't interact with them so it's kind of one of those things where it's like you see something that interests you and you want to comment on it but you just know that if you didn't comment on it if you were really um disciplined about not commenting on it you'd be doing more good than bad for the world so i have not been tweeting very much and that's been good for me but not for my online presence obviously (laughs) (laughs) but anyways i don't feel very much in the mood to give you the type of positive and constructive politics that I think that people come to this podcast for today. So instead, we're going to talk about a storytelling pet peeve of mine because I've been playing the Bioware games. And by Bioware games, I mean I bought and played all of Mass Effect Legendary Edition. When I play games like in that special genre where you're like, interacting with party members and it's like really story driven and decision based i always want to play more of that because that is my favorite thing and there aren't many of those that fit that exact bill so right after finishing that i went to playing dragon age origins and both of those game series uh possess this thing that happens sometimes in stories that i fucking hate and that's um that they kind of like justifying bigotry in a weird way to prove a point that they didn't need to prove. Okay. Let me explain. Please. So maybe the best and clearest way that I can do this is just to describe what I'm talking about in Mass Effect. So in Mass Effect, for those of you who are not nerds, you're playing a (laughs) character who kind of like runs around the galaxy. They're trying to save the universe from like all sorts of fucking bullshit. And there are different races and they have political conflicts. And there's one race called the Krogan. They're frog people. Bioware, let us fuck the frog 2021. Free the frog. (laughs) 
my god <laughs> oh my god <laughs> but not <drunk. laughs> oh my god <laughs> so the krogan's primary trait as a species is aggression they were discovered on a planet kind of like rolling around in their own shit and if i remember the lore correctly and if i don't message us or leave a comment that's great for the algorithm (laughs) they were kind of brought up and given technology before it was their due time so that they could get off planet and fight this gigantic war for the other species um, against this other race called the rachni and after uh, the krogan successfully pushed the rachni out the other races discovered that the Krogan were actually super fucking aggressive and that that didn't stop at the Rachni. And so the Krogan started mounting this gigantic offensive against everybody else in the universe because they are super fucking aggressive. And also um, all of the rest of the races didn't want to treat them properly after they like wheeled them out to fight this fucking war for them. <laughs> the way that that ended was the other races uh, engineering a something called the genophage, which was a virus which infected every Krogan alive. And what it did was it made it so only one in about a thousand Krogan is actually born. The rest of them are stillborn, which is obviously... Yikes. Really... It's obviously two things. Super traumatic um, for the species in general, which kind of sets them on the path to destruction over the next 100, 200, or whatever many years that that lasts. And number two, it's fucking genocide. But justified. Because the Krogan were better fighters than everybody else they live a thousand years and also they had thousands and thousands and thousands of babies they they live a thousand years yeah krogan live a thousand years and they and they have thousands of babies they have a ton of babies and they're incredibly long-lived and they're like they have like organ redundancies they're just like you know literally your worst nightmare to go to war against so 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 they're an invasive species I mean, I mean, if they weren't yeah, like people, think, yeah, if they weren't people, I think that that would be a really good way to kind of think about them because they breed really heavily. And also, as soon as they were given the gift of space travel, they wanted to expand because obviously their homeworld of Tachunka was not big enough <laughs> for them. It's called Tachunka. <laughs> and also they're really aggressive even towards each other so like a bunch of like they're pretty much just like testosterone the race and yes and yes they do have multiple genders and yes i said what i said they're testosterone the race um i've okay i've never played mass effect i don't know anything about about the lore so this is this is awesome for me i cracked out and i love it please continue yeah so, <laughs> so throughout the narrative, uh, the genophage is kind of presented in one of two ways. It's either a necessary evil because the Krogan were literally about to annihilate every other species because they were just better at fighting. And then 
the Krogan, who are obviously like, I have had to like witness the deaths of my uh, like unborn babies a thousand times over a thousand years of my entire life. Um, and that's probably not doing great things for our politics. And also it's just genocide. Mm -hmm. And so you, the player at one point in Mass Effect 3, massive spoilers, are given the choice about of whether or not to cure the genophage. Wow. And, you know, there's a right answer to this question, and it is to cure it because genocide, because uh, genocide is wrong. Genocide is wrong. <laughs> but also, there's this little sticking point that bothers me when I think about this, because throughout the three games, as they're kind of saying, you know, you should cure the genophage. The genophage is wrong. Look at how much pain it's causing. The Krogan also are constantly kind of validating the underlying assumption, which the Salarians, the race that engineered the genophage, were kind of running with, which is the Krogan are super aggressive. That's all they do. If they are allowed to reproduce freely, they will try and expand off into Chunka. They will have a repeat of before the genophage when they were about to wipe out every other species with the ability to travel in space. Because they kind of say it over and over and over again. Like, almost every Krogan says that they, that's what they want to do. Except for Just your buddy... Space. Except for your buddy Rex, who's one Krogan. And also their leader, but even if he is the leader in your playthrough, multiple characters at multiple times are like, yeah, like if he has his way, um, he'll probably expand a little bit. And he personally plans to repopulate the Krogans uh, himself, giggity. <laughs> but also um, he's only one Krogan and they could fucking kill him. And then we don't know what would happen afterwards. Which is a real present threat to the Mass Effect universe. So, my issue with this is that, um, why do you have, uh, I, I, I'm gonna bury the lead. Fuck you people. <laughs> um, so, let's talk about Dragon Age. <laughs> okay. Which, which has another similar issue. So, um, in Dragon Age, there are two types of people. Well, there are a ton of races, but there are two types of people within those. There are people who have the ability to use magic, who are mages. And then there's everybody else who are not mages. And um, when mages go out of control, and mages need to be kind of very in touch with their powers and in control of themselves because if they get angry or whatever they can become tempted by demons and then they can like bring demons from a different dimension into the real one and those tend to be massively fucking destructive and mages can almost never control them even if they think that they can so they're walking they're walking nukes yeah so the solution to the uh mage question as it were uh, was for an order of Templars 
to be founded. And these Templars essentially are like mage killing machines. Everything that they do is like tailor made to fuck up a mage's day specifically. And then they lock all, and then they, um, whenever they see a kid with some mage powers starting to manifest, they take them and they put them into what's called the circle of mages, I think, which is just a tower of mages where you're watched constantly by Templars. And if you step out of line, then they kill you. And also if you seem like you're too out of control, they, uh, do what is called uh, they do the right of tranquility which strips you of your ability to dream all of your emotions and your ability to cast magical scales uh spells so they neuter them they they it's magical castration this this is this is dragon age you said yeah okay and um spoilers for dragon age like this a is a 20 year old so, game. <laughs> yeah, I know. But spoilers for the entire series. Um, so in Dragon Age 2, the mages get pissed off and they rebel for reasons that I'm not going to get into. Um, and the Templars are like, oh, goodness gracious, the mages that we've been um, uh, take controlling for all of these uh, centuries are rebelling. We have to kill them all. <laughs> <laughs> and um so in uh dragon age 2 and and uh dragon age inquisition you kind of have the choice about whether you're going to align yourself in this conflict with the mages or the templars um and the ethically correct answer here is definitely <laughs> to ally with the fucking mages Jesus Christ <laughs> but also like i said with the krogan thing there's a little alarm bell that rings in my fucking head whenever i think about this decision which is that mages and krogan have something in common they're both fundamentally incredibly fucking dangerous and though people treat are bigoted towards them those feelings of bigotry are rooted in this fundamental threat that both mages and krogan face to their worlds if that makes sense krogan if they regain power can end everybody if mages go out of control they can end everybody and sure uh they could give you your, their word that they're not going to do it but they possess that ability and for them to be treated fairly in society kind of means that you have to take on this massive world ending threat at right. all times so what's my problem with this other than the the game asking the player like if they're down with genocide or not like the binary yeah, choice you, yeah i every time i think about this i'm like i i have never i'm not much for role-playing evil characters it always it doesn't sit with me right i've never been able to do it like yeah. i've played inquisition a few times i've never been able to ally with the fucking templars and 
I, I genuinely don't know what the fuck is wrong with you if you don't <laughs> cure the goddamn genophage. Because, <laughs> like, in addition to, like, not curing the genophage, depending on your decision in the other two games, you also have to, like, kill your homie. Like, just shoot him in the fucking face. <laughs> so, in order to do that, I, just, I don't fucking a, get that. The evil, the, there's, a, there's a way to play Fallout 3 where you are completely evil. Like, you, you have the choice to nuke a town. Mm-hmm. And if you nuke the town, then you get like negative a hundred morality, and you're just evil for the rest of the game. I tried to play that way just because I always played either good or neutral. I tried doing the evil thing because there are you know story elements that you don't you just don't see if you're playing a good character. I could not do it. Yeah, it's I just so felt bad. Up. I was yeah. like, I just felt like. I'm doing something wrong, even though this is a completely benign, it's virtual, no yeah. one gets hurt. But I couldn't do it. Yeah. Um, I have very vivid memories of playing um, Fable 3, where it is like objectively probably better and more like time efficient to be evil. But I like grinded the end game as a good character it was very labor intensive, but I did it because I couldn't handle it. But this is again, besides the point, there's an ethical right answer here, but there's this like weird nuance that the writers of these two series put into it where they're saying like, Hey, yeah, there's bigotry, but also um, what happens if we backed it up with a real threat? Now there's also like other types of bigotry that aren't backed up by actual like concrete examples of certain types of people being like dangerous to each other but my main problem here is that a lot of people like to look at these bioware games and media that does this as well like let's like we can say for a more mainstream example that horrendous netflix movie bright (laughs) Jesus Christ. Which yeah. is which is like, you know, the most comical example of this, but this is this I will get into other more subtle examples where the writers are trying to prove a point about bigotry in the real world. It's wrong to be racist and it's wrong to want to genocide people who are different f- from you because it is wrong to want to genocide the mages who are also like walking nukes. But there's there's a problem there now, isn't it? Because there's no real life example that graphs perfectly onto either one of these scenarios. When we talk about racism in the real world, I often like to say, hey, why is racism wrong? Because I think it's important that we all know that. And sometimes I get the distinct feeling that there are a lot of people walking around who really don't know why racism is wrong. So there are two possibilities here. One, racism is wrong because treating people differently is wrong, which, like, fair point. But the real reason is because um, the differences that people choose to discriminate against each other on are completely and totally benign. For example, black people and white people aren't fucking different. They really aren't. It, it we're just darker that's that's it yeah like they're they're i guess a couple less manageable hair that's it. less manageable hair um, <laughs> sickle cell is more uh 
like like there are a couple like, of like just, health there are a couple yeah. of health ish things that are that are discrepancies that we can't exactly explain maybe but might be uh genetic but maybe are more um environmental hard to tell but in general the things that are different between the races don't really constitute much of a threat towards each other yeah same with gender and sexuality and all these things the fundamental reason why it's wrong to be bigoted against each other as human beings is because we are all almost exactly the fucking same and we and our differences don't really constitute a real threat so it kind of bothers me when writers of fantasy and sci-fi set up these examples of bigotry in their worlds that are very clearly trying to point out, like, you know, these real life comparisons where there are none. Does that make sense, genre? Yeah. I, and before the show, you were asking me about X-Men and uh, I can understand like why you were, why you <laughs> were using that as another example, just a um, trying to put in a stand in for racism which for a lot of people like you said that don't understand what racism is when people are trying to make examples or trying to teach about it uh using sci-fi and fantastical elements to as a stand-in is a good educational tool the problem is that they go way too much with it and also video game uh developers who are trying to implement a morality system just are not good at it it's just you know um but when we're thinking about uh stuff like like you said like the krogan or or the x-men or just superheroes or something you know they they in the real world the x-men would constitute a threat against humanity because some mutants just have the ability to explode and destroy entire city blocks and some of them can't control their powers yeah or it's like you know, you know storm may not want to do anything wrong to anybody but storm could also take down the power grid like it was nothing storm could can completely screw up the world's ecosystem if she wanted to. Yes. Magneto has flipped the Earth's magnetic field in some comics and just killed millions of people. That's just a guy. Yeah, and so we're talking about people with like unbelievable destructive power. Uh, and I think that this is kind of telling. And the reason why I wanted to talk about this isn't just because it just kind of like bothers me because it really does. Every time I, I encounter this where they're like, yeah, we're racist against the people who could pop our heads like cherry tomatoes if they felt like it. And that's <laughs> wrong because differences, because even if they can pop our head like cherry tomatoes, that doesn't justify us being mean to them. And it's like, well, no, it probably doesn't. But also maybe it does because, you know. As a matter of self-preservation, if somebody has the ability to straight up murder you or if they, you know, lose concentration, have the ability to straight up murder you in the case <laughs> of people with like powers or like the mages or something, is that not worth like some consideration? I know that that sounds really like horrific when I say that, but also bringing it back to real life, 
I find these attitudes that are put out in these games really telling about the way that some people look at differences in the real world. Humans, to a certain degree, are kind of programmed by our biology to see differences between us as threatening. And that kind of makes sense, you know, evolutionarily. Identifying differences between things is important to survival. Um, Being able to tell the difference between, you know, my dog and a jaguar is important. (laughs) And being scared of when I see something that's different helps me have time to assess the threat level before I go and try and put my mouth on it, you know? So that's all really important. Put your mouth on your dog? Not my dog. On a jaguar. On a jaguar. Whatever it is. Okay. Or like go and try and pet it. Okay. That makes more sense. Yeah. Okay. Whatever. Like why are you trying to lick a car? I I don't get it. I don't know. But it's important, you know? That's something that was important to our survival as a species. Yeah. If that's a snake or is it a stick? Yeah. And it's kind of clear to me living in the world that we do, that people are still really afraid of differences even when they don't really matter. People see somebody who's a different skin color as them and they immediately feel uneasy. When people identify differences between each other, our knee-jerk reaction is hesitancy, maybe even outright hostility because of our dumb monkey brains who are that are like, Ooh, ooh, return to monkey. I don't know. That person is brown and I'm white. What do I do? (laughs) um, And I think that it's kind of a disservice to tell these stories sometimes because when you say like it's wrong to discriminate against the Krogan, you're kind of missing the forest through the trees. Um, You're begging the question right off the bat by saying, you know, differences are scary. Differences are dangerous. But there's no real life equivalent to that. The differences between human beings are negligible when it really comes down to it. Unless somebody is a threat to you, they're not a threat to you just because of an inherent part of their being. You know, this reminds me of a TV show, a movie and a TV show called Alienation. Hmm. Do you know, do you know about that? No. It's this, it was a movie that then got turned into a TV show in like the eighties, early nineties, I believe. Um, Basically this, this spaceship full of escaped uh, aliens, like they were, they were like enslaved and they got a, they got a big like generation ship and took, and took the fuck off. Right. Mm -hmm. They, they came to earth they crashed on Earth, and now they're just here, and they're integrating into the population. And it was a, and this was a way to show, like, you know, like humans are like, ah, oh, aliens, blah, you know, even though they're just like, they're just bald and they have stripes on their head. That was the only <laughs> difference. Like yeah. they got, they got drunk off of sour milk. Like oh. they, they didn't have special powers. They didn't have um, like increased senses. I don't think like if anything, they might've had like a little bit more like strength or something like that. They, they just look different and you could easily identify them. Mm-hmm. And the whole series was about uh, different sects of aliens, different groups of aliens, um, 
I forget what their actual name was, but how they were dealing with being in human society. Uh, the cent- the central figures were actually it was like a buddy cop thing. It was like there was an alien cop in it and a human cop, and they like went and like did procedural stuff, but also you know there were alien mob bosses and everything like that and this really flies in the face of like what you were saying because this is one of the i was trying to think of another example this is one of the only examples i can think of where the it's a depiction of someone that is different and the use of sci-fi as a tool to show racism and bigotry without having to put on that extra layer of but they're also dangerous. I'm playing Baldur's Gate 3 right now. One of the things that's always kind of struck me about the Dungeons and Dragons universe is that like every race is kind of like uniquely fucking dangerous, but no more so than the other. They all yeah. kind of have their upsides and downsides. And so in this world where they're all like super bigoted against each other or whatever, it's kind of like silly in a sense. Because mm-hmm. there's no, like, substantive difference between them besides, like, maybe a couple of abilities here or a couple of abilities here. There's no, like, evil race of people. They're all kind of interested in doing their own things. It all comes from their actions. There's no, like, fundamental, like, this race is, like, actually fundamentally, like, way stronger than everybody else and thus needs to be oppressed. Yeah. There's, there's like, some of them can see in the dark and then some of them might be able to fly but then all, all other ones are like just super smart some of them can like it there's each each race in D has uh, a special thing about them that makes yeah. them that makes them apart from the others but it's not so special that they become an absolute danger to the rest of the the world or the the other the other races yeah and i mean that's just comes from the game being trying to be balanced it's also really cool though because in in the fact that you were just like trying to think of shows or examples of games or stories where um the where like the differences between races aren't like so large that like you could make a real justified reason for like oppressing people like mm-hmm. whenever i watch the mute or x-men or want to watch these like superpower movies and they're like yeah um it's completely and totally unreasonable that they like don't want vigilantes in their city like destroying their <laughs> buildings or anything like yeah, it's totally super fucking weird and i'm like i don't know man if that was real i i don't know if i would want storm running or i i would you know you kind of want the mutants to fight the other mutants but then if we could put all of the mutants in a box and shoot them into space if this was real life you might be able to convince me of that if you were to to put it a certain way i know that that's horrific to say but it's also like the type of horrific shit that's never going to happen and it's also logical it's like individual nukes that somebody could launch if somebody got mad. That's not power that we should let individuals wield. Yeah. Um, and so the idea of like people just inherently having that power is scary. And it adds this like weird level of nuance to the question of whether bigotry is right or wrong that is interesting. I also want to make that clear. I think that the bioware games are super fucking interesting and this question about like can you justify bigotry if people are like individual nukes 
I think that that is in isolation, a really interesting question worth asking just for the philosophical fun of it. And I think that there is a right answer there. I've said that multiple times, but also it's completely and totally it's vacuous when you bring it into the real world. And I think that the prevalence of these narratives and how many writers write these with the intention of trying to make these real life allegories for something really tells us a lot about our opinion as humans about really small cosmetic differences between us. We, we still see those as like very dangerous and they aren't. And that's a shame. And also I, really want to stop reading this type of shit it's very troublesome i'm fucking sick and tired of it it's dumb it's very intellectually lazy and that's what i had to say for the episode (laughs) (laughs) it was a rant it was a rant this is definitely that yeah but also a conversation (laughs) nuanced true Hey folks, sorry to interrupt your listening experience, but not really, because we wanted to try out this new thing where we chill in the middle of our podcast. So yeah, genre, why don't you tell the good people how you can support us? Sure. There are a couple ways you can support the show. The first is to go to coffee. That is ko-fi.com slash say this cast. There you can send in a one-time contribution. If you'd like to support us on a regular basis, uh, that would be great. You can go to patreon.com slash say this cast. There you'll be able to uh, become a patron at different levels. One dollar, you'll be able to see Nicole's outlines for the shows at five dollars you'll be able to hear the shows early at ten dollars you'll be able to hear extra content different mini episodes or recordings of extended conversations uh, like from this show we kept talking about different uh, comics or storylines and examples of how bigotry is uh, examined in media so patreon.com slash say this cast or coffee ko-fi.com slash say this cast. We are very, very appreciative of all of your support. And if you are a patron and you're hearing this, go to the Patreon and subscribe to the special Patreon podcast feed. All right, so now is the time in the show to talk about happy things. Uh happy, happy, happy. What is your happy Nicole happy? All right. So um, I know I just ragged really hard on Bioware for a really long time. (laughs) So the last Bioware game that I played was uh, Dragon Age Inquisition. Um, Last year, that's a lie. The last game I played was uh, Mass Effect Andromeda. But uh, let's just say it was it was 2014 and I finished playing uh, Dragon Age Inquisition and I had some issues with it. And two years before that. I had some issues with Mass Effect 3 and its ending and the way that it handled certain things. And in the fallout of Mass Effect 3, a lot of people in the uh, gaming community were just shitting on Bioware at all times and calling the stories poorly written and the stories trite and the decisions not impactful and a lot of different and characterized the series as or like the games as being kind of like, you know, horny trash for dumb fucks 
I let that get in the way of enjoying the series or replaying these games or, you know, remembering these games fondly for a really long time. But I played uh, the Mass Effect trilogy in the Legendary Edition recently, and I really enjoyed that. I think I already talked about that on the podcast before. Um, but recently I started playing through the three Dragon Age games as well. I just finished Inquisition, and I'm having a really good time. And it kind of reminded me not to fucking trust other people's uh, critique of things that I have played and enjoyed. Um, so I'm back to really liking the Bioware games. And liking what bioware produces and being able to say freely that i like these stories even though i obviously have problems with them uh and i like them better than ever before and that's really exciting and i've been having a lot of fun with them uh that's excellent what is making you happy this week genre um all there uh, i was trying to think of something and one thing is that uh i've been binging uh leverage I don't know if I've talked about Leverage before um, on the on this show. It's a great TV show that was on TNT between 2008 and 2012 or 2013. Um, lasted five seasons. Uh, and it's about, uh, it's basically uh, a heist show. So you have a group of people, you have a hacker, a thief, uh, a, a hitter, and a uh, and a grifter and they all use their their skills uh they used to use their skills to like you know steal or or like take stuff and you know um but now they use their skills to uh help the little guy this was made just after the the um the 2008 crisis so it was it's kind of like a robin hood kind of kind of deal like they they do these really elaborate crazy uh, heists every every uh every week like against like a corporation or a millionaire that's been screwing with people it's a really really delightful show really great acting really great writing uh john rogers is uh one of the creators and he uh he's also been involved with a lot of other really great tv shows um the reason i'm i was binging it is because there is a revival of leverage coming in uh, on July 9th of uh, 2021. And I am super pumped about it. So <laughs> I've been going through the, the five seasons of leverage and I'm just reminded of just how fun it is and how like easy it is to watch you know there are some shows that i really like that are really dramatic or like have a lot of philosophical questions or uh really violent or something like that you know like they well done but still this is like kind of comfort food you know but not in a comfort food way that is just familiar like law and order or something like that it's just familiar and repetitive it's just the the inner it's really character based really um well done in terms of character development everybody on the show gets gets growth not just like the lead guy or anything like that so i highly suggest people you know check it out i don't know where it's streaming right now i can i can look that up it's it's just a really wonderful like funny cute show uh about international thieves and and crime so 
so that that's what I've been that's what I've been doing. Um, and it's a it, like I said, it's really it's really really good. If you like heist movies, like um, oh, like The Italian Job or like Ocean's Eleven, then this is that, but f- way more fun and uh, sometimes adorable. So I was looking at my phone mm-hmm. and like just my Google cards for some reason because it like popped up an alert and the first one that it showed me was whippet health problems a guide to whippet ailments <laughs> why would they show me this what were you googling <laughs> nothing you just especially not phone? involving what are you whippets. doing what 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 i have an android and they kind of like show you cards with different like news shit on it sometimes um and i accidentally clicked it but the first and i was gonna click off it but the first thing that it showed me was like whippet health problems and i didn't open it but i'm just looking at it like what did i do oh it's an android th- oh it's like the google now or like google like just puts up random it just shit gives you like that- random news that you might want to look at are you sometimes it gives me what? are you doing whip are you doing whippets nicole no. Are you doing the dog? No. <laughs> Whip it the breed. Oh, okay. <laughs> I thought you. I thought you meant the. No, 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 no. Whip it ailments <laughs> meaning like ailments for the dog. Like they just showed like this sad whip it laying just... on a pillow, and I was like, oh no, <laughs> oh no, that's horrible. That's less funny than I thought. <laughs> I, I thought was you like, were talking about like shoving like whip whip no, no, cream no, no, aerosol no, 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 up your no, no, nose, no, no, and I'm like, no, yeah, no. that'll cause an ailment. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm talking about the dogs, the whippets, the dogs. <laughs> It's like, why did I like that's really specific? I don't even know if I know a whip it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. (laughs) Well, I hope if you ever meet a whip it, the whip it is real good. They're weird dogs. (laughs) Really? No, nothing with that, really? I thought that was very clever. It was. (laughs) By the way, leverage, you can watch it on IMDB TV. That's oh, where cool. the new show is going to be on. It's called Leverage uh, Redemption, but Leverage, um, all five seasons. And IMDb TV is owned by Amazon, but I believe it is free. So cool. uh, ch- definitely, definitely check it out. Anyway, thanks, everybody, for listening to uh, us talk about uh, shows and comics and stuff. And hopefully uh, everybody can... Um, understand why some of this stuff is problematic uh if you yeah i hope i did a good good job at explaining that but if you didn't just think about it a little bit harder (laughs) (laughs) maybe i mean the thing is like we we you can have just a ham-fisted allegory like like the x-men was uh and it can serve a purpose but also it's it's better to have a nuanced like longer like introspective way of looking at bigotry and stuff anyway yeah sorry (laughs) (laughs) we put our episodes out every two weeks you can listen to the past episodes on your favorite app just look for uh I shouldn't have to say this, or you can go to saythiscast.com and listen to all of our past episodes. They're right there. Uh, if you uh, want to hear extra content, remember you can go to patreon.com slash saythiscast. Nicole, where can we find you online? You can find me on Twitter at Jack of Three Trades. That's three is in the number. Um, that's probably it for right now. 
Uh, I don't have energy for online stuff. Where can they find you? <laughs> you can find me on on Twitter at Press Start Lock. And, uh, you know, if you that's a, that's, that's pretty much it. <laughs> We're on like I'm on Twitter uh, a lot more than Nicole. Um, I post about uh, video games, comics and and a lot of politics. So um, if you want to hear more of my opinions about that at Press Start Lock, you can find it there. All the music on the show is by Mustin. Uh, if you go to store.mustinenterprises.com, you can get the theme song, which is called Mario Bay Breeze, or any of the other music that we play during the uh, during the show. Um, I shouldn't have to say this is a member of the Planetside Podcast Network. If you want to know more, then go to planetsidepodcasts.com. Glasses off, sitting straight, um, headphone headphones on, microphone crooked, mom's spaghetti. <laughs> 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 <laughs>